Talk to my friend Drew. And Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. Joe Biden's got to go. He has got to go. This is this is a national security emergency. This isn't just about bad Democratic Party policies anymore. This is about a man who is totally, utterly compromised. Somebody who has conflicts of interest that endanger our country. He's a national security risk. I mean, in addition to the fact that he's a bumbling fool and the lights are out upstairs, that there's nothing going on between his ears, that he makes mistake after mistake, that the White House has to walk back repeatedly, which tells you what? He's a loose cannon. He's saying things that the administration is then having to come out and clarify. He can't be trusted on the world stage in front of a microphone without putting our nation at risk, without saying things that have national security implications. And what is so, of course, just, oh, outrageous that just makes your blood boil about this whole situation is that everything that we know about Joe Biden today with him being compromised, having received payments from foreign entities, all of these things that are putting our nation at risk right now, we knew about before the 2020 election. And the international, uh, not the international, the intelligence community, the Democratic Party, the Democrats, the legacy media, social media, they did everything they could to suppress the truth. They put politics above the national security of America. And we are paying the price right now. And every day, the situation becomes more dire, more frightful, more dangerous. And like clockwork, just like clockwork, the Democrats introduce a new hoax to distract from these real issues that we need to deal with and and. Here's the thing. No Democrat, no Republican, no American citizen can stand behind and support Joe Biden. Not if you love the country. Not if you're worried about your security, your children's security, their safety. Nobody should be able to support this guy. He should be impeached. And it should be bipartisan for what's going on. But instead of calling for Joe Biden's impeachment, instead of calling for finally using the 25th Amendment for the first time in our history, because it's necessary now, and yeah, I would welcome Kamala Harris over Joe Biden at this point. I would. I would. I mean, she'd be a puppet like he is, but there is a very alarming reality that we have to confront with the fact that Joe Biden that people have dirt on him, that he is being manipulated and can be manipulated, that the information that is damning about him and his family and their involvement, their corrupt dealings with foreign entities, enemy nations, is being and can be used against him 
to make him an enemy of the United States. And we already know we have that with the Democratic Party to begin with. By the way, before I continue with this, China is proposing, is getting ready to to give uh, $1.5 trillion in tax cuts to the Chinese citizens to spur economic growth. The Chinese are embracing capitalism, Reaganism, economic policy that works, while the Biden administration is embracing communist CCP policies that don't spur economic growth. China wants to give tax cuts because they want to replace the United States as the predominant economic power in the world. And so to get there, they understand, even as communists, that tax cuts are going to work. And our administration, our country, the Democratic Party, Biden, they want to raise taxes in America. How about that? How about that? But we've got revelations here. The one I want to get into that's very serious, and I mean this. So not too long ago, Russia asserted that Hunter Biden was financing biolabs in Ukraine. This is per the New York Post. And that Joe Biden, by proxy, also was involved in the creation of these biolabs in Ukraine. Now, we know these biolabs exist. Um, It was admitted, and then the White House and everyone bent over backwards to try and cover it up and say that it was Russian propaganda. But it's apparently not Russian propaganda, just like the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't Russian uh, uh, propaganda or misinformation. And this comes directly from the emails, a series of emails on the Hunter Biden laptop. So an investment firm that Hunter Biden ran called Rosemont Seneca, they invested $500,000 in a San Francisco-based pathogen research company called Metabiota. And they raised millions more from investment companies like Goldman Sachs. Notice how Goldman Sachs is always in the pocket of Democrats. Wall Street, always in the pocket of Democrats. It's all a game. It's all a charade. It's all a facade. And everyone's winning except the American people. And the Democrats are profiting at our expense. But anyway, Hunter. Hunter. So he introduced... Metabiota, okay, this pathogen research company, officials at this company, Metabiota, he introduced those officials um, to, uh, to Burisma officials. That's the Ukrainian gas company that Hunter ran, uh, that was sat on the board of. The, uh, and so anyway, he introduced, made the introduction, Metabiota to officials at Burisma uh, for a science project, it was called. Now, Metabiota's mission was to assert Ukraine's cultural and economic independence away from Russia. And the U.S. awarded $23.9 million to Metabiota in 2014. And this was while Joe Biden was vice president. So here's what is alarming about this. The Russians are asserting something using damning information that is coming directly from Hunter Biden's laptop to create conflict, to stir up 
issues in this country to shine a light on Joe Biden's corruption. They're using the laptop, the contents of that laptop, against the United States. This cannot persist. This is a national security risk, and Joe Biden needs to step down. Joe Biden needs to be impeached. It doesn't matter. At this point, Kamala Harris is better than Joe Biden. And I've said that for a long time for other reasons, but this is the icing on the cake for me. Because if Russia is referring to these emails on the laptop, what's the likelihood that they have the rest of the emails and content of the laptop? I mean, this is very dangerous. This is influencing policy. Joe Biden, for example, would implement policies or not implement policies or do things that are irrational and not to the the benefit of America because of things like this. Russia has the laptop, for example. Russia has access to these emails. Russia can put things out there that can sink him, that can harm his family. And they have blackmail on him. And the Chinese have blackmail on him. And many foreign entities have blackmail on this man. And we have the media and this country to blame who covered up this, this story, covered up the laptop before the election. And here we are in this dangerous situation in which we cannot trust these, this administration. They do not have the interest of the American people uh, at heart. He's compromised. He's compromised. Now, of course, as this information's coming out, and Biden should be the one impeached, what are the Democrats calling for? They are calling for the impeachment of Clarence Thomas. And if not his impeachment, his recusal from any future Supreme Court cases that have to do with Donald Trump. It's a political hit job. It's part distraction. It's a lot of things. But there's also a strategy behind this to help give them greater political power. They're probably going to get a, uh, a liberal justice on the court here, Katanji ja- Brown Jackson. She'll probably sit on the court there. But she's replacing Stephen Breyer. So it's, 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 you know, it's one for one. You know, they're just, they're just putting in another liberal justice where one was forced to retire. And so they haven't gained seats, if you will, right, on the Supreme Court. The makeup remains the same. And this is problematic for them. Even though we don't have reliable justices like Roberts, even Kavanaugh, even, uh, what's her name? The Catholic gal that I can never, ever remember her name. You know why I can't remember her name? Because she's so useless on the Supreme Court. I never even hear a peep from her. I'll think of it later. You know it. I know it. You can think of it. I can't think of it right now, but it'll come to me. But this is the same thing we've seen uh, for years and years now in terms of the Democrats creating a distraction, creating a, a false narrative, a false conflict in order to distract from what's going on with their own party, with their own corruption, for their own crimes. It's just projection. I mean, Joe Biden is actually guilty, and the Democratic Party as well, of every single thing they falsely accused Donald Trump of doing. And, uh, I mean, Hunter Biden, he's facing indictments right now, and those indictments are uh, also incriminating towards Joe Biden. This is happening right now, 
as Joe Biden is the president of the United States. So I just told you about the latest emails that are very, very troubling and worrisome. But uh, Hunter Biden's facing criminal charges. And it started out as just related to tax fraud, but now it's expanded. And before I get into the expanded uh, uh, issues with, with Hunter Biden here, think about this. You know, the, um, the uh, Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, well, he just, he just uh, uh, dropped the case that was brought against Donald Trump for committing tax fraud. You know, this goes back, I think, three years. This has been going on. It's basically like the Mueller investigation. But um, they were alleging that Trump committed tax fraud. And they were trying to put Trump in jail for something, anything. And so this started, uh, the district attorney in Manhattan there was Cyrus Vance Jr., who has since stepped down. But this investigation, this these allegations of Trump tax fraud began under Cyrus Vance Jr. And then the new DA, Alvin Bragg, came in. And uh, shortly afterward, Alvin Bragg takes over this case, right? You have the two lead investigators, prosecutors on this case. One's a guy named Mark Pomerantz. He's a Democrat operative. And this other person, Carrie Dunn, well, they both stepped down, which told us everything we needed to know. They didn't have the goods. And Alvin Alvin Bragg was going to dismiss the case. And now he has dismissed the case because he doesn't want to embarrass himself by bringing something to a grand jury when they don't have any evidence to actually get Trump on anything. The walls are closing in, they always say about Donald Trump. And Donald Trump defeats it every time because it's not real. And this is what's so infuriating. Hunter Biden's actually guilty of, uh, of tax fraud. And the media doesn't seem to care. Their argument will be, well, you know, that's, that's, that's Hunter Biden's business. That's not his father's. But it is related to his father. But anyway, here's Hunter Biden, a Biden who's being indicted right now because they have the goods on him. He is corrupt. Criminal charges are being brought against him. And uh, Trump, for three years, the Manhattan DA was investigating him for tax fraud and they couldn't deliver the goods. All they had, by the way, was Michael Cohen, that little slime, slime ball, slime bag, slime bucket. I don't know. Pick, pick something more creative than that. But you get the point. But it was Michael Cohen who said Trump's a tax cheat. And that was enough for them to to unload and start this investigation that went on for nearly three years. Three years they investigate Trump tax fraud, but they can't find anything more than Cohen's lies. And so this would have been embarrassing to them. So instead of facing humiliation like they did when they did the Mueller investigation that said there's no Trump-Russia collusion, they decided to stop pursuing Alvin Bragg, the new DA in Manhattan, that is. I mean, every time they allege something, it falls apart because there's nothing there. And that's what's so crazy, right? You know, in a, in a sane world, how, how do these things work, right? In a sane world, you know, you find evidence, there is evidence, and then you start to build a case. And then you start to build a case. But in, in, in the way they do things with Trump, they just make an accusation and then they try to dig up the dirt. They try to find the dirt, And they never find it, by the way. But um, I, I, I guess, let me, let me say it a different way. Let me say it a different way. Because this is important to me. The way the Democrats have treated Trump, and Republicans in general, but especially Trump, 
They make an allegation and then look for the evidence. When it should be, you find evidence and then you build a case, right? This is the non-justice system of the left. Make the accusation without evidence and then you just try to find it or anything else, even if it's not related to what you're making the allegation into, of. Instead of seeing the evidence and building a case. They make the case and then they try to compile evidence. It doesn't work that way. And so another one bites the dust. But that's not going to stop them. Now they've got some ridiculous... Let me find this before I... Uh, I've got so many notes here today. And I'm just kind of going as I feel it. As I feel it comes together and goes in, in, a, in, a, in a, a comprehensible direction here. There's so much to get to. So they're bringing up uh, charges of obstruction again against uh, Donald Trump. I'm going to get into Clarence Thomas in a minute because they're giving him the Trump treatment, and I'll explain why soon. So we have a new nothing burger allegation from the Democrats, right? Just another distraction, another attempt to destroy Donald Trump and prevent him from ever running for elected office again. So a judge, right? The Democrats found a judge, a federal judge, who is saying that Trump and an attorney that worked for him, John Eastman, that they may have been planning a crime as they sought to disrupt the January 6th congressional certification. Now, what's wrong with that? Donald Trump didn't try to disrupt anything. He did not... He did not whisper in people's ears. He did not command people to go and storm the Capitol. He did not say any of that. So this is a lie. Now, they're trying to take advantage of Americans' ignorance in this as well to try and make something sound bad or illegal when it's in fact not. And I'll explain that too. And by the way, it was the Democrats who interrupted the January 6th certification. They did it to prevent the constitutional, the legal contesting of the election results. The Democrats did that. They're the ones who didn't heed the intelligence warnings. They're the ones that didn't have a Capitol Police presence to match the number of people that were going to be there uh, peacefully protesting the results. They're the ones who opened up the doors of the Capitol building and allow the protesters in. It's the Democrats who have the mystery guy, the Fed out there, who was caught on camera instructing people, encouraging them to storm the Capitol. It was the Democrats who did it. Projection again. So anyway, they're trying to say that Trump corruptly, and they just use these words to make it sound bad, Trump corruptly attempted to obstruct the certification process. This is pure baloney. If Trump had ordered violent attacks, that'd be different. He didn't, and they know it. But they want this investigation to tarnish him, and they want to find anything else they can. They want to use this just like they did with the tax fraud. Just like they did with the tax fraud. They knew they didn't have it. They were just hoping to find anything they could in there. And they didn't and they couldn't. And they can't find it this time either. We already had an impeachment of Donald Trump over the alleged phony January 6th insurrection. And he was found not guilty. But that wasn't good enough. So then they created the phony January 6th committee to obtain private emails, private text messages to... Well, target political opponents. Like, this is what's going to, this will play into Clarence Thomas in a minute. But here's what this lying activist judge is saying, right? I'm going to, this is a quotation. 
The illegality of the plan was obvious, Carter wrote. Our nation was founded on the peaceful transition of power, epitomized by George Washington laying down his sword to make way for democratic elections. Ignoring this history, President Trump vigorously campaigned for the vice president to single-handedly determine the results of the 2020 election. Every American, and certainly the president of the United States, knows that in a democracy, leaders are elected, not installed. Joe Biden was installed. Before I go on, I want to read this story to you about voter fraud in 2020. Matt Margolis over at PJ Media, who always does great work, he writes important articles that, of course, the mainstream media won't cover. Here we go. A new study into 2020 election discrepancies in six battleground states claims that there were at least 250,000 excess votes for Joe Biden and potentially many more. The claim is made in a forthcoming peer-reviewed study conducted by economist and gun expert John Lott Jr. for the journal Public Choice. The study awaits final approval, but it says that as many as 368,000 excess votes in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin may have tipped the election to Joe Biden. Lott argues that he has the receipts. He reviewed voter registration rolls, in-person vote counts, absentee voting, and provisional ballots in various counties where fraud allegedly took place and compared them to like counties where these metrics should have been similar. Instead, he found statistically improbable differences, suggesting that fraud may have occurred. In 2016, he says, for example, there was no unexplained gap in absentee ballot counts, but 2020 was a different story. Just in Fulton County, Georgia, my test yielded an unexplained 17,000 votes, 32% more than Biden's margin over Trump and the entire state. These are the anomalies we talked about and knew very early on, even as the certification process awaited. And the Democrats fought tooth and nail to install Joe Biden, establishing that phony office of the president-elect. There is no such thing. This was the first time in American history they put up a fake office of the president-elect with that, that crappy signage and everything to make it seem like Joe Biden was legitimate. They tried to rush it so there could not be any investigations. Any investigations. So anyway... He's arguing that this was illegal, okay? You can't encourage people to contest or whatever else. Now, this is BS. This is BS. You know, firstly, by the way, these same Democrats uh, claimed Bush stole the election back in 2000. Back in 2000. Maybe I'll get into that in a minute. But, uh, you know, Congress does not have to rubber stamp the Electoral College results. The Electoral Count Act of 1887 was created, was written for this very purpose because there was a contested election in 1876 and it ended up going to behind closed doors. The Democrats cheated in 1876. Republicans knew it and they refused to concede. Democrats refused to concede. And in the end, they hashed out some agreement behind closed doors. So 1887, they had this Electoral Count Act to give Congress a means of dealing with a situation like that in which there is cheating going on. 
And uh, what it established was that if both a member of the House and a member of the Senate agree that an objection has merit, well, the House and Senate have to reconvene separately and uh, before voting to uphold or reject the objection. And so Congress can overturn election results. That's the truth. They have to disqualify enough electoral votes to, to deprive one candidate of the 270 votes needed to win, and they can do it. But it's a process, and the Democrats on January 6th, well, the phony insurrection prevented that process from taking place. So everyone got cold feet. They felt the pressure of the media because of what happened and the optics, and so they didn't contest it. They didn't argue. They went ahead and rubber-stamped the election results. But anyway, Barbara Boxer, other House Democrats, even back uh, in J- on January 6th, of, January 6th of 2005, the second Bush election there, well, they challenged Bush's win in Ohio. Both chambers of Congress rejected the challenge, but where were the calls for, you know, some kind of a, a obstruction there? And back in 2001, right, Bush v. Gore, all that Supreme Court stuff. Do you remember what happened in 2000, by the way? Let me jog your memory here. So, back in 2020, it came down to Florida, right? Um, 537 votes separated Al Gore and George Bush, and it really came down to Florida's electoral college votes. That was going to determine the presidential winner of that election. Now, Florida declared Bush the winner of its 25 electoral votes weeks after Election Day. But when this was happening, networks first called the state for Gore, then they called it for Bush, then they said it was undetermined. Uh, Gore conceded, and then he rescinded his concession. And the issue was, because the margin of error was so small, it triggered an automatic recount. And so they did a machine, machine recount, right? So they fed the ballots back through the machine, which ostensibly would give the same results. You want a hand count, right? So this machine recount gave Bush a 317-vote margin of victory. So it went from 537, I guess, down to 317, but Bush still had the edge. Bush still was the victor. So that's when Gore demanded a hand count. Can you imagine, you know, I mean, this is like what happened in 2020. We wanted hand counts. And they said, no, this is the securest election in history, whatever, yada, yada, yada. But in 2000, this is how the Democrats handled things. So back then in 2000, Florida used this, uh, what was a punch card system at the time. This is where you get the hanging chads. Do you remember that? So these, these, this punch card system, voters got these cards with these little perforated squares that lined up with names on the ballot. And so they'd punch out the little square to place their vote. And the hanging chads were the little squares that's supposed to be knocked out. But some of the squares didn't get punched out all the way, so they were called hanging chads. Anyway, it went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court sent it back to the Supreme Court of Florida. They didn't want to determine the, the national election. And basically, Supreme, the Supreme Court of Florida could not figure out uh, some kind of logistical... Uh, they couldn't put any system in place that, that would actually determine which ballots you were going to count or not. You know, How far could the Chad hang? How low could the Chad go? You know, Things like that. They couldn't put a system in place. And so this was dragging on forever and ever and ever. And the finally went back to the Supreme Court 
And the Supreme Court put a deadline. They said, you know, by December 9th, December whatever, you know, you guys have to be done. And so the recount basically came to an end and George Bush was declared the winner. And you had articles, by the way. There was one um, article I found, which is hilarious. It was, uh, it was written on January 18th, 2001 by The Nation. And the title of the article was, None Dare Call It Treason. They were accusing the five Supreme Court justices who voted to end the, the recount because the Supreme Court of Florida couldn't get the job done and they couldn't let this drag on forever. Well, they put a timeline on it and they said five Supreme Court justices are criminals in the truest sense of the word. So that's how they talked about the Republicans back then and the Supreme Court back then. And uh, Scalia, by the way, uh, he said, you know, because they came under attack for this and whatever else the Supreme Court did, and Scalia, God rest his soul, said, my court didn't bring the case into the courts. It was brought into the courts by Al Gore. He is the one who wanted courts to, to decide the question. The only question in Bush versus Gore was whether the presidency would be decided by the Florida Supreme Court or the United States Supreme Court. That was the only question. And this is one of the reasons, by the way, the Supreme Court refused to hear cases about election fraud in 2020. They wanted to abscond responsibility. They wanted to avoid a situation like 2000. They didn't want to take the heat. They wanted to stay out of the drama. And that's part of the problem. I mean, Sandra Day O'Connor, who voted with the majority back then, who was a traitor, I guess, according to the nation, Well, later in 2013, she told the Chicago Tribune, the court took the case and decided it at a time when it was still a big election issue. Maybe the court should have said, we're not going to take it goodbye. That's my point. That was the position they took this time. But anyway, so President Trump didn't do anything wrong. Uh, There was nothing wrong with wanting to contest the results. They should have been contested. Every day we have more evidence that this was a, it was a stolen election. And we know they stole the election simply by virtue of suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story because we know that people would have voted differently. At least 16 or 17% of Biden voters would not have voted for Biden had they known the laptop was real. So they did interfere in the election. They accused Trump of Trump-Russia collusion, which was made up by the Democrats, But you have the Democrats who actually colluded with the media and social media and the intelligence community to actually suppress and steal the 2020 election. This is why it's infuriating. So anyway, the witch hunt that goes on with the January 6th committee. So they want to take out Clarence Thomas. They want to take out Clarence Thomas. And of course, they release this bombshell nothing burger story while he was sick in the hospital. That's how perverted and sick these people are. And they're attacking his wife as well. So they've gotten access to all of these text messages between Mark Meadows, who was the chief of of staff of, of Donald Trump, and basically anybody else, especially Republicans. That's what they're combing through. And so there were 29 text messages sent from Jenny Thomas, that's Clarence Thomas's wife, to Mark Meadows in late 2020 and early 2021. Now, the lying media says that these texts urged Meadows to try to overturn the result. Now, firstly, overturning the result is not unconstitutional. Overturning the result 
is a dirty way of them trying to spin the fact and try and convince people that what Mike Pence and what the Republicans were going to do challenging the election results was somehow unconstitutional, threatened the peaceful transfer of power. But it did not. And I already told you how the Democrats have done this time and time again as well. So here's the main text message that they're claiming is so terrible, so horrible that Jenny Thomas sent to Mark Meadows. You are the leader with him who is standing for America's constitutional governance at the precipice. The majority knows Biden and the left is attempting the greatest heist of our history, she said. What's wrong with that? I mean, she's conservative. She's friends with Mark Meadows. There's nothing there. But they're trying to spin that in some way to say that this person's wife can't have communication with Mark Meadows. She can't have a political opinion of her own. She can't be conservative. And that's really what this is about. It's about the criminalization of conservatism. That's what the Democrats have long been trying to do, right? If you're a Trump supporter, uh, if you go against the narrative, if you're even Joe Rogan and you... You, you, you say something or give somebody a platform that they don't want to have one, well, then suddenly you're the enemy. Free speech is outlawed. You're attacked. It's criminal to be conservative. The persecution of conservatives. That's what this is all about. And that's Jenny Thomas's crime here. It's not that she did anything wrong in terms of text messages. It's that she's a conservative and they can't tolerate that. And they hate Justice Thomas because he's a brilliant Black man, he's a conservative, and he's an originalist who actually does what he's supposed to do as a justice on the Supreme Court. So anyway, the, 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 it's so dumb, and it's almost not worth explaining, but you're just going to be confronted with it. But it's a desperate attempt to impeach Clarence Thomas because uh, back in January of 2022, Clarence Thomas was the only justice who said publicly that he was against allowing the release of records from the Trump White House. Uh, related to January 6th, I guess, you know? And, 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 and so, you know, somehow they're saying, oh, because Clarence Thomas had an opinion that was different and because his wife's conservative, you know, well, he's compromised. All of these justices have political views. For God's sake, Katanji Brown Jackson can't define what a woman is. She believes in critical race theory. She's lenient on pedophiles. She's got plenty of opinions out there she's voiced. And frankly, they're unconstitutional. The idea that justices and their wives don't have private lives and don't talk about things and don't have any opinions is absurd. But it's not a problem that they have opinions. They, they don't care about that. They only care about it if you're a conservative. And in this case, it's politically motivated. It's a hit job because, you know, they want to get Clarence Thomas out of there so they can stack the Supreme Court with their own people. Not stack in the traditional meaning, although they want to do that too, but they want to get a majority on the court. And so they're looking at an opportunity to try and solely Clarence Thomas, pressure him, get him out of there. And also to distract from the real impeachment that needs to take place, which is Joe Biden. But, you know, there you go. Jenny Thomas dared to have an opinion, dared to have an opinion, the same opinion of, of tens of millions of Americans that were founded in reality. Absolute hypocrisy. Um, so, Hunter Biden laptop, right? I want to get into this. I'm going through my stack here. Bear with me. 
Uh, I was going to get into uh, who Hunter Biden is here. I'll move it to the back and see what we get to. But while the Democrats are combing through every text message, trying to get email access to everything with Republicans and coming up with nothing, more or less, having to fabricate new controversies, invent them, use the media as a hype machine to make something seem bad or, uh, you know, irreverent or, uh, you know, create corruption where it doesn't exist. Imagine what we would find if we looked through the text messages of, say, Nancy Pelosi or Adam Schiff or fang-banging Swalwell or even Joe Biden. Imagine what we would actually learn that would be really, truly troubling and compromising. Well, we know what we'd get because we've seen the, the dealings of Hillary Clinton. We've seen uh, the Hunter Biden laptop. So we know how corrupt these people are. It would shock truly the fabric of this country if we had access to the text messages of these powerful Democratic players who are up to no good and total criminals through and through. Hunter Biden, there's another story that, if I can find it here in my stack, it, it, it's about the Bo Biden Foundation. This is, uh, remember the Clinton Foundation, the Global uh, Clinton Initiative or Clinton Global Initiative? Uh, you know, that was a pay-for-play scheme where she was getting paid, well, hundreds of millions of dollars in the aggregate from foreign entities in the hopes that she was going to be president of the United States. And when she lost in 2016, all of that funding dried up. But the Bidens did their own uh, Clinton Foundation, and it was the Bo Biden charity. Now, the Bo, the Bo Biden Foundation, they took in $225,000 from entities tied to a top political donor and bundler to Biden. They brought in about $2 million, but only spent $544,000 in 2020 toward the stated purpose of protecting children from abuse. I mean, by the way, how ironic that Biden is a serial abuser of his own children. Uh, the Ashley Biden diary, for example, which discloses that he took showers inappropriately with, inappropriately with his daughter. So this charity, the Bo Biden Foundation or whatever, spent $932,865 in 2020 with most of it, much of it, going towards salaries of Biden's cronies who had these executive jobs at the nonprofit. So Patricia Daly Lewis was one of them. She runs the nonprofit. She was paid $150,660 in 2020. She served as the deputy AG under, the, under Bo Biden, the late Bo Biden, who was uh, once the attorney general of Delaware. Joshua Alcorn, he's a Democrat uh, political operative and consultant of Bo and Joe's political campaigns. He served as the COO and was paid $131,437. I mean, these people were paid nothing compared to what Hunter Biden was paid with no experience on Burisma and so on and so forth. Hunter Biden was on the board of the Biden charity. Ashley Biden was on the board of, the, of this charity as well. Whatever, it's family. I get that. But the problem is, this is a nonprofit that conducted virtual and in-person workshops for adults starting at $500 a pop. Now, remember the Trump University scandal by contrast. Now, Trump University was not a nonprofit. It was a for-profit. And that was started in 2005 by Trump. Uh, that was in the midst of his glory days 
as a uh, reality TV star uh, where he, 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 you know, fired people. Um, but, uh, you know, this, this, this Trump U was, was started to teach young people about real estate. And it offered these online courses, and then it transitioned to in-person courses. And uh, the left called it, you know, this money-making scheme. Well, it was a for-profit, of course, just like our public, uni- our, our private universities. They're money-making schemes. It was a for-profit enterprise. They don't say this about Harvard or about Yale, do they? They send their children there, and they have no problem with it. And they say, oh, but Trump University isn't credentialed. It's not a real college. Well, nobody forced anyone to enroll. And then people started complaining because they didn't see results after going to Trump U. They didn't see a return on their investment. They didn't see riches after attending. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, what, what? You mean like going into debt to get a useless degree from a, any number of these colleges in women's studies? They're complaining too. What do you mean my $200,000 degree in women's studies didn't make me a millionaire? But there you have the, uh, the Biden uh, enterprise there. Raking in money, nonprofit, five hundred dollars a pop, uh, charging people. It's a nonprofit, and they're charging that kind of money uh, to do their uh, their good work there, I guess. But back to Hunter Biden for a second. I want to remind people who he is, and what else he's done, and why this is dangerous for America. So, um, Hunter Biden fathered a child with a woman named. I don't remember her first name. Her last name was Roberts. She's she's uh, from Arkansas. Now, he fought this tooth and nail, denied that he was the father until a court forced him to take a paternity test, and it revealed, of course, that Hunter Biden was the father. So he was a liar all along. And Hunter has never seen this daughter, nor has he expressed any interest in doing so. That's the kind of uh, scumbag Hunter Biden is irresponsibly knocks up a woman and then wants nothing to do with her. And he also didn't want to pay child support, claiming he didn't have any money despite making millions and millions of dollars off of his father's uh, name and position. But uh, that's my thing with Hunter. He's a child. He hides behind his name. He's never held accountable. He doesn't accept responsibility for anything he's ever done. He lives a true life of privilege, the likes of which only Democrats know. And this probe, by the way, into Hunter Biden that was about tax fraud, well, it's now widened to include breaking laws related to foreign lobbying and money laundering, which goes right back to Joe Biden. And Joe Biden is the president of the United States while his son is being investigated for fraud related to foreign lobbying and money laundering that goes back to his father. That's compromise, and he should step down or be impeached immediately for the sake and safety of this nation. But anyway, just about Hunter Biden again, Roberts, the Arkansas woman, so she'd sued Biden earlier in 2019, claiming she'd had Hunter Biden's baby in August 2018. But at the time, Hunter was still dating his deceased brother Bo's widow, Hallie Biden. Hunter then went on to marry another woman, a South African filmmaker, Melissa Cohen, who he'd known for just six days, and they had a son in March of 2020. I just want to say something because I am aware of what I'm saying, even as I passionately say it. Uh, even, I, even though I'm in the zone, I'm aware that I'm saying something that I don't usually say, which is anyway, anyway, and I am going to 
nip that bad habit in the bud before it takes off because that's something I never do on this program as a professional speaker who is an, you know, aspires to excellence in broadcasting like the great L. Rushbo. I'm not L. Rushbo, but myself and thousands of others are trying to fill the void of that one man that he left behind because it takes thousands to replace Rush Limbaugh. And even then, he can't be replaced. But anyway, all of this was taking place. I did it again, but anyway. So, Hunter, all of these things are going on. If even one of these things had come up in the sense that Don Jr. had done any of this, it would have been game over. The media would have never stopped talking about it, but most people never knew any of this stuff. But Hunter refused to cooperate with the investigation. He refused to provide the court with his financial information until they threatened to hold him in contempt. And this was around the same time the Democrats were impeaching Trump for the fake quid pro quo with Ukraine. I mean, there are just so many examples of this failed attempts to get Trump. You had Michael Avenatti, who represented Stormy Daniels. That was a hoax. They tried to say that Trump violated campaign finance laws by paying Stormy that hush money, which went back to an alleged affair he had with her. I think it was in 2006 or so. But they were trying to say, the Democrats, that it was a campaign contribution that he didn't disclose to the Federal Election Commission. And the FEC dropped that inquiry because it was bogus. And then, of course, Michael Cohen went to jail for extorting Nike in another case for $25 million he was trying to get out of Nike. So he finds these clients with grievances and then uses them to enrich himself, and he did that with Stormy Daniels. We have the three-year probe into Donald Trump out of the Manhattan DA's office. They were desperately searching for evidence that would incriminate Donald Trump. They couldn't find it. But Hunter Biden is really a despicable human being, and he is the offspring and the product of Joe Biden and that child rearing or lack of child rearing. But Joe, Bi- but Hunter Biden's under criminal investigation for things that are directly related to and will implicate Joe Biden. And Joe Biden, if his son is implicated, is thrown in jail. What do you think's going to happen? You think he'll pardon him? Of course he will. I want to play a clip of Peter Ducey. Peter Ducey's on fire. Joe Biden, again with the theme that he is unfit for office. Who is running this country? How many times has the Democratic Party, how many times has the Biden White House had to walk back statements that Joe Biden has made? Who's in charge here? Joe Biden is not in possession of his faculties. And the fact that the Democrat, the fact that the Biden White House has to walk back things that he says in error time and time again, and they're big things too that threaten America. One that I'm not going to play that I want to mention, though, is remember when Joe Biden was talking about before the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, he t- remember the minor incursion? Well, if it's a minor incursion, you know, we may not do anything. And the White House came back and Jin Psaki issued a statement saying, oh, he didn't mean that. Uh, you know, we, we will, you know, go after Russia if they do anything. But it's too many things. So here's Peter Ducey. Are you worried? that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. They're not getting walked back. It made it sound like just in the last couple days, 
Uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon. And it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know none of the three occurred. So that was the great Boy Scout Peter Ducey, an American hero, confronting Joe Biden about all the statements that he's had to walk back recently. And Joe Biden says none of those three occurred. So now I'm going to play those three things that Joe Biden did say from his own mouth that he's denying now that he ever said that he didn't do. What a liar. Here we go. And you're going to see when you're there, and sometimes you've been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing stand in the middle of front of a damn tank. And to clarify on chemical weapons, could, if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would, re- it would trigger a response in kind. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Joe Biden did say every single one of those things that Peter Ducey referenced. And the Biden White House did walk back every single one of those things as well. And there's Joe Biden. In his defense, he probably doesn't know what he said. He probably doesn't even remember. That's how bad the situation is. And for the good of the country... Biden's got to go. He just does. He just does. For the good of the country, he needs to step aside. He needs to do what's right. He needs to step down. And of course, he's still claiming he's going to run for office again in 2024. What a joke. I think he said he's looking forward to a rematch or something like that. The second time he'd run against Donald Trump, if that's the case in 2024. But for Joe Biden, it would he'd probably think it was the first time because he won't remember the first time that he actually did run against Donald Trump. So the second time would be the first time in his, well, cognitively declined, brain dead mind. Disney has uh, come out against against Florida's what they're calling the don't say gay bill, which is also the don't say straight bill, which is don't talk about sexuality bill, which is an actually an anti-grooming bill. But Ron DeSantis signed it into law and you heard it at the Oscars. I didn't even want to talk about the Oscars. I will in a moment, but they were shouting gay, 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 gay. You've got, you know, certain Democratic governors out there saying gay, 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 gay. We say gay in our states. The media, when they report on this, I've seen articles and headlines where they say, uh, in some grades, uh, Ron DeSantis is preventing, it's not some grades, it's kindergarten through third grade. But Disney has come out in full-throated objection to the bill, taking the side of the small minority of perverts that work for that company that are setting the tone for Disney, apparently. And Disney does represent and support the, the depraved now. It is a company of depravity. And you have a choice. I have a choice. Americans have a choice. How do we want to deal with this? Obviously, Disney is taking the side of perverts. So we have a decision. Are we going to continue to support Disney? I would argue that it would be in our best interest and our children's best interest to stop subscribing to Disney+, Plus, stop buying their products, and stop going to their theme parks. Make them suffer the consequences of this because that is a simple action that we can participate in that will have real consequences for Disney. And those employees who are holding, well, the rest of the country hostage 
But that's par for the course. And Nancy Pelosi and everyone are talking about how, uh, I don't know if I have a, a picture of this tweet she sent out today or not, but you know they're, they're objecting to this completely. And they're continuing to lie about it being some don't say gay bill, and it's nothing of the sort. I've already been through this 10 times. But speaking of the Oscars and the gay, gay, gay shouting, I didn't want to talk about this today. But I got pulled into the uh, the swamp here, the cesspool, because, and I'll talk about the Will Smith thing, the Will Smith controversy. I didn't want to. I didn't want to address it. And then I woke up this morning and I got a text from a producer that asked me to come on the host radio show. And they wanted to hear my opinion for their audience about the Will Smith thing. So because they wanted to hear what I had to say so badly about Will Smith, I'll share it with you too. I don't know if you're ready for it. So Will Smith, he's got a big problem with Chris Rock making a joke at his wife's expense, Jada Pinkett Smith. But Will Smith has no problem with other men sleeping with his wife. This is a conundrum. So he slapped the you-know-what out of Chris Rock for saying his bald wife could play G.I. Jane. And then he sits down and he says, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. But he tells his wife to put others' men's tongues in her mouth. He's come out and said he supports open marriage, that they have an open marriage, and it's the greatest thing ever. So the guy can't take somebody insulting his wife, but he has no problem with his wife sleeping with other men who aren't him, who she's not married to. So I don't really care. That's why I say there's more important things to talk about than Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, like our crook president, and so on and so forth. My only other observation about the Will Smith incident is that some on the left and some out there are celebrating him as a hero for defending his wife, and yet parents who are defending their children against this grooming bill or against teachers telling white children that they are born inherently racist, well, they're considered domestic terrorists. So that would be my statement about those two things. Now, I would like to entertain you. I would like to share something humorous, share something that's going to make you miss Donald Trump so much, remind you of how good we had it before. Donald Trump issued a statement today that is just so Trump, so beautiful. It's why we love him so much. It's, it just shows the, the difference between him and Joe Biden, what we had and what was taken from us too early. Are you ready? I'm going to read this to you, and I wish I could do it in his voice, but I cannot, unfortunately. Here we go. Here's Donald Trump. Many people are asking, so I'll give it to you now. It is 100% true. While playing with a legendary golfer, Ernie Els, Winner of four majors and approximately 72 other tournaments throughout the world, Gene Sowers, winner of the Senior U.S. Open, Ken Duke, and Mike Goods, both excellent tour players, I made a hole in one. It took place at Trump International Golf Club in West Palm Beach, Florida, on the seventh hole, which was playing 181 yards into a slight wind. I hit a five iron, which sailed magnificently into a rather strong wind, with approximately five feet of cut, Whereupon, it bounced twice and then went clank into the hole. These great tour players noticed it before I did because their eyes are slightly better. 
But on that one hole only, their swings weren't. (laughs) Anyway, there's a lot of chatter about it, quite exciting. And people everywhere seem to be asking for the facts. Playing with that group of wonderful, talented players was a lot of fun. The match was Ernie and me, with no strokes, against Gene, Mike, and Ken. I won't tell you who won because I'm a very modest individual. And you will then say I was bragging. And I don't like people who brag. Watch the video here. So it's true, Donald Trump on the seventh hole playing at Trump International Golf Club. He did hit a hole-in-one, and it's fantastic to watch. And his description of the event there is so Trump. He's so authentic. He's so in charge. He's so him. He embraces it all. And then you have Joe Biden, who if you watch, read the teleprompter lately, it's just beady, brain-dead, vacant eyes, darting left to right, reading each side of the teleprompter without any thought about what he's actually reading. There's no comprehension happening in his brain. And that's why his speaking ability is so weird and pathetic. His inflection is at odd points. It doesn't make sense. He's not really communicating anything because he's not thinking. He's not thinking. He's not capable of thought. He's literally just reading what is on a teleprompter. And that's why he's like Ron Burgundy when he reads and sees a question mark and he goes up, I'm Joe Biden? Because he doesn't think. He doesn't have the ability to do so. And that's the danger we're in. So we've got somebody who is mentally not fit to be president, who is also too compromised to be president, and we've never had a situation like this in American history. But the mainstream media... And the Democratic Party and the social media giants, the tech giants out there, were all in on it from the beginning. And Donald Trump and that beautiful, beautiful rendition that he gave to us about his hole-in-one was stolen from us. And I hope everyone remembers just how great we had it. Because that has totally disappeared in just a little over a year. Just a little over a year. And it's only going to get worse because Joe Biden is proposing things that are going to make it worse. And I can solve America's problem right now from behind this microphone. Do you know what America needs? We need nuclear power plants. We need energy independence. We need to unleash our ability to drill for oil. We need to lower taxes for businesses, not raise them. We need to cut red tape. We need to allow new businesses to flourish, encourage new businesses to open. We need to ease access to business loans for startups, slash taxes for Americans and put money in their pockets. We need a reassessment of government waste. We need to gut the bureaucracy. We need a comprehensive investigation into our politicians' ties to foreign entities and into corruption inside the intelligence community. We need standardization of teaching in schools, public schools of civics, the Constitution, American history to teach our children and future generations about American exceptionalism. We need to secure the southern border. These are things we need to do. It's that simple. But this administration is doing everything opposite of what I just said. China is seeking to supplant us and they are acting like capitalists. They're doing what America used to espouse, which made us the greatest nation in the history of the world. And America is doing the opposite. They're doing things that are in denial of what works. And they're condemning us, condemning us to a life of pain, suffering, and independence on the government. And that's the point. This is Drew Allen. Go to Apple Podcasts if you listen there. Do me the favor, do me the solid, give me five stars, 
and I'll be back with you soon. God bless you all, and until next time.